from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Zone. And good morning. Welcome in. Yes, two home games this weekend. Ole Miss will host the uh, mighty Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who Jason is trying to tell me is the uh, just a whisker away from being a college football powerhouse. Did not say that. <laughs> and Mississippi State will host top five recruiter, LSU, them Tigers. Uh, Davis Wade Stadium, 11 a.m. So MSU has the morning game. Ole Miss has the night game. Which is weird because usually, I mean, I always picture the LSU game as a night game, don't you? You know, with this day and age and the way that everything's shuffled around, not really. I mm. mean, you play a bunch at 11 a.m. mid-afternoon and night, you know, just kind of rolls. So, you know, last last week Mississippi State had a night game. Now they flip it to an 11 a.m. game. We didn't get out of there till I don't even know what time it was after overtime. And then we stayed for a few minutes. So, um, yeah. It, TV's going to dictate, and uh, I'm not going to complain about it because we get to watch all the games. I Look, I do understand that people get frustrated that have to drive up on Saturdays to Starkville and Oxford, especially if you're, you know, to, if any, if you're, Anywhere outside of two hours. A little bit of a challenge, and I get that. Right. Um, my flip side of that is how do you like having a ton of money? Mississippi State and Ole Miss <laughs> and, and being $120 million athletic departments. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta roll with the TV. And what's great is smart TVs have never been better. And, you know, if you want to call, I would. Jake Manning and MS Smart Homes, MSSmarthomes.com. I did before March Madness last year. It's awesome. Sonos, surround sound, everything's on my phone. I love it. MSSmarthomes.com. And, uh, you know, we're only a couple weeks through football, and it goes all the way through the second week of February. Get your living room, man cave, um, playroom decked out. MSSmarthomes.com. And that Sonos and surround sound and the speakers, it's awesome. I love it. I loved watching the March Madness, the Masters, and um, some hoops, and now now some football. I'm only, I'm only a couple of weeks in with my new MSSmarthomes.com setup. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by the Amazing Steaks and uh, Bacon Wrap Shrimp at Kessler Prime in the Renaissance, KesslerPrime.com, to make a reservation. I want to say good morning, welcome in. We'll have Mike Dettelier at 8.30. Mike D. at 8.30 on them LSU Tigers coming into town. They expect to win. Uh, just like when they play State and Ole Miss, they don't think it should be a game. That's their, that's their mentality. I mean, can you kind of blame them? They haven't. I mean, Ole Miss beat them in 2021. And that was at home at, in Oxford, sold out game, like, we don't really beat them that often. So they kind of have a point. Absolutely they do. <laughs> yeah. And they're a top five recruiter. Yeah. And they've won national championship. To give you an idea of the talent that they have, they have overcome Les Miles and Ed Orgeron's coaching to win national titles. 
Unless Miles was eating grass. I mean, you'd, you'd have to have an Urban Meyer level coach in Starkville, Oxford, a Deshaun Watson level quarterback, you know, lots of things to line up to, to make the college football playoff. Our uh, Stella, Stella Artois caller line, 601-707-3750. Twitter handle at Bow Bounds. And your Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. 601-885-3776. Weigh in on what you think. You know, I'm looking at the lines and the old Miss line, you know, moving and shaking. And I'm looking at 19 and a half here. And you can find a couple of different numbers depending on where you are. Mississippi State, LSU, um, nine and a half. I'm looking at it here. I don't know if some of you have already bet it. The over-unders, 53 and a half. Can't wait to bring Bartu on to discuss uh, what a low over-under that is and what Bartu would do with it. Florida, Tennessee, 58 and a half over under. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, 63 and a half. I like Tom kind of trying, and it's hard to really describe the difference in talent levels at Tulane and Georgia Tech. You know, some of these schools are able to hang on to players for a while, especially for a short period of time. And the portal. You know, Jason, I think it's more difficult today than it was just a couple years ago to say, hey, this is, this team's more, I mean, I'm not talking about like LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Right. I mean, uh, LSU, Ole Miss. We know that LSU's more talented. But when you're talking about some of these other teams, I think it's even more difficult with the portal. And we're still going through this COVID super senior thing. You know, trying to get our arms wrapped around that many fifth-year guys or six-year guys playing. John Rice Plumley, by the way. The injury. What do you think? I I don't know. I mean, I hate to see it, too, because he's like one of the hardest people to dislike. You know, like he's just always outgoing. Oh, I don't, like, I've, I've never even thought about disliking him. <laughs> like, he, he's just such a good kid, plays the piano, like, Oh very, gosh. Very talented. <laughs> like, but it, you know, it, it just stinks when something like that happens to like somebody who doesn't hold any grudges against like their former school or anything like that. So, right. you know, like it, it's a terrible thing to see. I, I've heard that it's going to be, they're hoping it's only like a couple weeks or so. Gosh, but, I hope so. But he not, was set up. He was poised to have an unbelievable year. Unbelievable. With Gus Malzahn, too. I mean, not a bad coach to have at UCF. No. Gus can flat-out coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Auburn, you know, took crazy pills and fired him. I mean, that's, but that's, that's Auburn. The show is brought to you by Eye Care Professionals, Dr. Kurt Jeffries, Eye Care Professionals. If you need cataract surgery, you want to go to Eye Care Professionals in Jackson or Flowood Bellmead. What about Matt Corral? So they've been saying that he has been in contact with the Patriots and that it's a it's an it's more of a private matter, an internal matter. So we're thinking, you know, it's personal issues, stuff that he's dealt with in the past. I I wish the best for him. I mean Absolutely. Especially after giving 
this second chance. I really hope that it's something that he can come back from because they already brought back, uh, I think his name's Bailey Zapp from the practice squad so that he's Mac Jones' backup. Yeah. So that's what I'm worried about is that his, his hole is already filled again. And Yeah, the, the, while, while I know the Patriots want him to be okay, they don't wait on people yeah. in the NFL. It's different than college, you know. It's just, it's transactional. Right. It's just, you've got, if you're, you know, if you're Jason, you have a salary by your name. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Well, <laughs> I just and walked a good, right into that. And a good now, smile, now, right? Now so, does, <laughs> now does, so do a lot of the college players. But I don't, I, we, we, but it's not quite as transactional. Well, it's not close to as transactional as it is at the, uh, at the NFL level. level. All right, speaking of injuries, our injury discussions are always brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Aaron Rodgers. It's looking like an Achilles. Looking mm. looking like it could be season injury or uh, season ending because they didn't show up on the MRI. That's the big thing. So that's right. why and that late reaction scares me also. No, it didn't show up on the X-rays. X-ray, X-ray. It's the MRI it that tells you the the whole story. Right. Evidently. Yeah, yeah that's today. And I'm not even close to a um, you know, orthopedic physician. So, but I saw what Adam Schefter was was tweeting, and he's got great sources, and they feel like it's an Achilles. Man, does he come back from it? I know he's a world class athlete. Hmm. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Doctor Kirk Jeffries Eye Care Professionals. That's where you want to go for cataract surgery. Mike Detillier at eight thirty. Well, 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 well. It, it's week three. I don't know if I'm okay with that. You want to slow down? I do. I agree. I mean, it always goes so fast. But we have five months of football, college and pro together, you know? Yep. Not terrible. People are talking about how this isn't a good weekend, and I just shake my head. Any weekend of college football is good. We always do this, and then what happens? We have games that jump out that we that end up being really close and fun to watch. It, who knows? I don't know. Okay. Um, but one, it's fun to go on campus, Oxford Starble. Enjoy yourself. The weather looks amazing for this time of year. Cloud coverage. My gosh, it's going to be in the 60s and 70s, some. I know, I know the highs low 80s, but I'll take this all day long as you're in the Grove and the Junction. Um Ole Miss has the uh, Georgia Tech coming in. And Haynes King, interesting little story there. Texas A&M for, what, three seasons? And now at Georgia Tech, he's got skills. I mean, I'm not saying he's Deshaun Watson at Clemson, but he's got skills. And then Ole Miss coming off a uh, tough, tough game against Tulane, which could work in their favor. Um, just like Mississippi State coming off a tough game in Arizona where you had to earn it and you were, uh, yeah, I can promise you they watched the film on Sunday. The coaches made them very aware of what they did well and what they didn't do well. Um, and then Mississippi State has a chance at, at an upset. You always want to, 
Uh, don't you get the sense this line's going to get into double digits? And so when it, basically you're a double digit underdog at home. How much fun is it went to win when you're state and Ole Miss against LSU's, Bama's, those type programs? So you have an opportunity on Saturday morning to do this. The one thing that jumps out at me is can they protect Will Rogers at all and can he create um, space in the pocket without getting too... And that's easy for me to say when I don't have a six foot four, 260-pound, five-star player running at me full <laughs> yeah. speed. Okay? Good, I solid point. <laughs> I'll, be in, I'll be in the stadium sipping on a Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary and like hammering a... A ham, a boar's head ham slider, whatever. Right? So there's a lot of pressure on me in the stadium. But can they give him enough time and can he create space in the pocket? Just step left, right, up, you know, that type deal. One. Two for Mississippi State is if and when you find your what? Y'all say it with me. You ready? Three, two, one. Tyrus Wheat or something like that. I'm not even going to go overboard Montez Sweat because he's unreal, top 20 pick, you know, first round. And I saw what he did last weekend. Good grief. Kids, ridiculous. But can you find someone that makes Jaden Daniels extremely uncomfortable? And can you hit him early? Now, he's played a lot of ball at Arizona State. He, he's played ball in the SEC. He played Bam. He played Mississippi State last year, Ole Miss, Bama, Tennessee, and so on. They played the national champ. Uh, sorry, SEC champ. Well, it would have been better than the national championship game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he played the SEC championship game. But who is going to? Who's going to fly around that quick twitch athlete and disrupt the pocket and disrupt the game? Ole Miss and Mississippi State have had those players at times. What does it make your team a lot better? What does it make your coaches a lot better coaches? What does it make you as a fan? Happier. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to look at that this week. Who's going to be that guy that can do that for the defense? Ole Miss has to find that guy too. They won't need him this weekend, but they will the next weekend when they go to Tuscaloosa. But I'll get into that next weekend. Uh, We'll start the whole, who is going to be Ole Miss's defensive player to make Milrow uncomfortable. But this weekend, I've got LSU Mississippi State. And I want to know who's that guy that can, one, come off the edge, fly around, and you can do a bunch of different things with. Is it going to be John Lewis? Is it going to be someone else? You got to have that guy in this league. I know Tyrus Wheat's not an NFL player. I don't care. State and Ole Miss have had guys who are really good college players who helped you win. Uh, that's something that I'm looking at. And then another game that I'm looking at is uh, Tennessee at Florida. Why are you looking at that, though? Tennessee's just going to roll. Are they? Are they? Is this automatic? I think we thought a lot of things last weekend, didn't we? It didn't, I mean, Bama would win. Let's see what Florida, I mean, you got to play it out. I mean, Florida has some athletes. Yes, they were they were embarrassed. They look like, you know what, at Utah. That is not an ideal game, y'all, to open up with. 
at Utah on the road with a new Q, with a transfer QB at with Florida. Okay, he's still trying to figure out where his classes are. Kyle Whittingham's won forever, so let's. Uh, I'm interested to see if Florida can maybe Tennessee boat racism. But that that's a game that I have my own. And one more thing, y'all have asked, does this mean the SEC West is wide open because Bama lost last weekend? Bama lost to a top 10 talented recruiter. They turned the ball over multiple times. I thought they had a terrible offensive game plan. And they still looked good at times. I think Milrow is really dangerous. Really dangerous. I'm not ready to, to, you know, well, you know, will LSU be there? They may be. Auburn went out to Cal Berkeley and struggled. And as good as they looked the first weekend against two, Jason, UMass, they actually played a team with a pulse, not that Cal Berkeley's loaded. <laughs> yeah. But they played a team with the pulse, and their offense looked what? I mean, Mississippi State fans and Ole Miss were going, we're not, we don't look great every play, and every possession isn't perfect. Auburn went out there and and just didn't look good on offense. So it is kind of hard to play this game. Um, and then there was one more. Oh, AM with a phenomenal offensive coordinator goes on the road. And loses. So am I, does that mean that I think A&M's bad? I love this theory. No. A&M went and play, played a top 15 recruiter and lost. Now, I know that top 15 recruiter in the Miami Hurricanes have not played the way that they should play the last 15 years. But they did on Saturday. So it's still early. It's still fun to try to guess, right? What, what do we have? Ole Miss, what do we have? I don't know yet. Mississippi State, what do we have? Do we have a Tyrus Wheat? Ole Miss, do we have somebody like Wheat or Sam Wheat? Somebody on the edge that can, that can really get us going and give us some juice on defense? I don't know yet. We'll see. You do have to have that guy eventually, though. So if you oh, don't, yeah. <laughs> it, will be, it will be really rough, choppy waters. Because I'm looking at those quick twitch guys, and that's what the game is. And on offense. You know, how many, like Tulu? No doubt about it. Um, Wade for Ole Miss? Love he it. made a great, I mean, that was not a good throw. He made a rock star catch. Is he coming of age? We'll see. Tulu finally got the ball. I thought I'd have gotten him the ball a little bit more, but the bottom line is Tulu got the ball. What did he do when he got the ball? He made plays. He wasn't healthy week one. Not sure he's totally healthy now. I don't think I'd have played him in a live rep all or Xavion all during August. But I understand you can make an argument, you know, Bo, are you nuts? And basically I am. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the amazing game day sliders from Boar's Head. Find them at your local, you know, grocery stores. Compromise elsewhere. Premium meats, cheeses, hummus, pickles. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Don't forget about the Boar's Head charcuterie boards for game day this weekend. Mike Dettelier next.
windshield of Mississippi, it's good to be blue. Uh, this segment's brought to you by Sound and Communications, soundcomav.com. Installing sound systems, football fields, arenas. Oh, man. Um, lighting for performance art centers, powered by soundcomav.com. Sound and Communications. That's right, sound systems for football stadiums, baseball fields, arenas, gymnasiums. You name it, all powered by soundcomab.com, sound and communications. We welcome in our friend Mike Dettelier, LSU Insider, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. Here we go, 11 a.m. game, LSU Mississippi State. I'll be there. Many of you listening will be there. It's our Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game of the week with that 11 a.m. kickoff. And two teams still trying to kind of figure out uh, who they are. Mike, what are you looking for the uh, the first quarter? You know, the first part of the game as far as LSU and Mississippi State in this matchup this weekend. Well, LSU's secondary can't get too much worse. I mean, they really got torched in the first quarter against Grambling, where they got picked apart in the secondary. But uh, I think they found them a corner in Denver Harris, the former Texas A&M transfer. Uh, I, I thought he got beat against Grambling, but uh, he's talented, and he's got all the skills that you're looking for. It's it's his focus and his uh, total dedication to the game uh, that has been in question here. But I think they've got one there, and he is really talented. How well that secondary will play I think is important because I think they've found them the running back combination that they've looked for. And Logan Diggs played uh, high school football at Archbishop Rummel and was at Notre Dame. I thought he had a really, really big effort against Grambling. And the freshman, Caleb Jackson, uh, who I've been waiting to watch um, in the lineup. I think Caleb's a guy, and this is nothing against Josh Williams, Noah Kane, uh, John Emery, who returns also this week. Uh, to play against Mississippi State. But I think their best one-two punch is Logan Diggs and Caleb Jackson in the backfield. They got better up front, and uh, some of that certainly has to do with the emergence of Zalen's Hurd uh, at the right tackle position. And I think you're going to see him eventually earn himself a spot at right tackle, and they're going to kick Emory Jones inside to a right guard. LSU's offense is not the concern for me at all. It's on defense, and it's the coverage part in the secondary. And you saw them use Kendall Perk. Uh, uh, you know, you saw them use Perkins a little bit differently uh, against Grambling than they did against Florida State. He was more out on the edge uh, than he was inside. And um, I want to watch how that emerges uh, with uh, House's defense because that that didn't seem to be a good fit. Uh, for uh, Perkins at all to be inside. He seemingly got lost in a lot of heavy traffic 
being out on the edge, he was given a lot more room to run, and you saw his playmaking skills. Mike Dettelier, LSU insider on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Mike, the, the line's moving a little bit, but it's nine and a half, ten points. You think that's where it should be, LSU? Yeah, I, I, w- I would have said nine uh, right off the bat. And so I, I could see that nine and a half, ten points, somewhere in that range. Um, LSU's, um, man, they got talent, especially on the offensive side of the football. And their front seven defensively, I think is pretty good. I think the big question mark is how well they can match up in the secondary. We see a little bit more balanced Mississippi State team than maybe we've seen in years past. Uh, They don't throw the football nearly as much, and it's much more them trying to establish a running game with that. And it's um, not that Coach Leach didn't try to do it. He just didn't want to do it. (laughs) You know, he – you know, his deal is I don't need to do that. Uh, I'm just going to throw the football. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a shot with the running game. But um, I think LSU's front seven is pretty doggone good. And I think we'll get better. I do think one of the things with the limited practice sessions, and, I mean, come on, there's no preseason in college football, that the – the units that get the better as the season goes along are offensive line play and defensive line play. You cannot practice the physicality part of a real game today. I, and I get the part where you want to be protective of players and you're, you're trying to keep everybody healthy. But without doing that in practice, it takes away – a bit of the physicality part that is always going to be part of college, pro football, high school football. Until you play it, it's not going to be there in any type of scrimmage or walk-through practices or whatever they do today. It's different from even five years ago in how they practice and how they do things. So, I think the early games, you get better as you play up front along the lines. And we can talk about all the toys. Okay, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, DBs. You got to have a big time quarterback to win. And also, you got to win up front. Without those two elements, you're not going anywhere. Woo! Okay, so you feel like you're pretty comfortable in that LSU by two possessions space. I would think nine to ten points, somewhere in that range, I think is where it will fall. These games, though, i got to admit, have been really strange, the Mississippi State-LSU games. We've seen games where, you know, LSU has jumped ahead and then Mississippi State fights back and it becomes a close game. And we've seen it vice versa. The exact opposite. So that element over the last 20, 25 years has been in place. LSU has won the vast majority of those games. But, both there have been some really strange games in this in this series. Really has. Um, and, you know, I just remember a few years back after the national championship game, and LSU was pumped to beat the band that, oh, this is going to be easy. We'll get right back to that. And, man, 
Leach and company, they pushed them right between the eyes. Yeah. You know, and they drilled them that game, uh, passing the football. So where I think LSU is, and I really believe this, is the better team personnel-wise, and probably that 9 to 10 points is in that range, this game has always taken some twists and turns to it. And I think history does have a tendency to repeat itself. That that size up that LSU defensive front for me. Well, uh, we got to see Mason Smith for the first time, and and there was some little, a little bit of football rust with him, but there aren't a lot of six foot five, three hundred guys that can run like he can, and he gives them a physical presence that's not only tough against the run, but he's also can give you some pass rush skills. But the real star up front early on has been Makai Wingo. Um, here was a guy that um, was a freshman All-SEC player at Missouri, transfers in, and he sort of built along the lines of what we've seen in the past from LSU from a, a Booker McFarland or a Marlon Favorite. You know, a guy that's more likely under six foot tall. He's in that 300, 310-pound range. The first half against Florida State, he spent more time in the backfield than Trey Benson, the running back for Florida State. He was in there every play. Now, again, there was some wear down with him, and uh, they started to double-team him. But he's the unsung hero, was last year and is again, I think, this year, an unsung hero for LSU up front. And then Savion Jones, where Mason grew up probably 10 to 15 minutes away from me, Savion's probably 20. He went to St. James High School. When I first saw him, the first thing that came to mind to me was I didn't watch uh, Daniel Hunter uh, play high school football in Texas before he went to LSU. But that's who Daniel Hunter reminds me of. It would be Mason, would be Savion. And I think he's got some real skill set uh, as, as a defensive end to be a force there. And I think that threesome is going to be really good for LSU up front. And they have some depth where they went out in the transfer portal to get a Jordan Jefferson. They're trying to get some playing time, too. I think maybe the most physically gifted of the defensive linemen at LSU, Quincy Wiggins, uh, some playing time. Now, Quincy uh, only played two years of high school football. He really was a basketball player, track athlete. But he's 6'6", 285 pounds today. And just learning the game. So LSU got dudes up front, so to speak. That's a Drew Brees line because he told me that LSU got dudes. (laughs) Uh, uh, But they have more talent and depth this year than they did a year ago up front. And I think that linebacking core is is pretty doggone good. When you look at Perkins – uh, bringing in Omar Spates, who was an all-Pac-12 linebacker last year at Oregon State, and Greg Penn III. I think of all the guys in their front seven, he gets the least recognition. And this had to be a little over a month ago. Uh, we did the final camp here on the Bayou. And I talked to both Mason Smith and Savion, along with Will Campbell, the offensive tackle. And I asked him who was the one guy 
people aren't talking about but is a difference maker. All three of them gave me the same answer, and yet weren't all in the same room at the same time. Greg Pitt. Wow. And so that 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 was unique because normally you know you get kind of different answers. And uh, Mason gave me a couple of uh, players, but he he, he said Pitt first. Uh, Will Campbell right off the bat said <laughs> Greg Pitt, and Savion was kind of echoed the same uh, sentiments that he thought Greg Pitt was going to have a huge season for LSU at linebacker. So it's a it's an interesting dynamic. Their front seven is pretty doggone good, and I think they've shown a much more um, approach to try to get off the field on third down. Uh, they had troubles with that last year, uh, to be honest. Even though the season had highs and lows and a lot of lows early, that um, they had difficulties at times getting off the field on third down. And so getting a better pass rush and trying to develop some corners has been priority number one for LSU. But I'm I'm telling you, Denver Harris has the tools to be a really, really good player in this league. The guy that's keeping him from being that guy is Denver Harris. He he's gotta mature a little bit and and listen, we all did dumb things and maybe we don't aren't as focused at nineteen years old or twenty years old as we are later on. But he's got a chance to be special at corner. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans, LSU and Mississippi State uh, this weekend, 11 a.m. Davis Wade Stadium. Mike D. joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Mike, uh, Alabama made a lot of mistakes Saturday night. Um, I don't think they're near as, as far off as some people made it out to be. But give Texas credit. They did what they need to do. I didn't understand what, what Bama was trying to do with Milrow and not more design runs. Uh, but having said that, uh, what was your takeaway from Texas going in to Bryant-Denny and, and taking the win? They lost the battle up front in the trenches. Their offensive line play is highly erratic. And what I call secondary blocking uh, done by tight ends and running backs wasn't real good. I don't understand the concept of not using Milrow more uh, in the RPO scheme and getting him out on the edge. You're trying to force him to be a pocket quarterback. Okay, that's not what he does. Well, he's a movement guy. And uh, I'm, I'm sort of perplexed that you, if you want him to be that guy, then he's not the guy to be the starter for you. Okay, if you're going to use an RPO-type scheme, then he's the guy. His athletic gifts are through the roof. Yeah. He scares the bejesus out of you as a runner. Now, again, his erraticism as a passer has shown up. On defense, they were not able to get a good pass rush on a consistent basis against Texas. And I've never believed this, and I've told you this throughout the years we've worked together. This stupidity that people repeat because they hear it from coaches who say stupid things, too, about next man up. Tell me who's the next Will Anderson <laughs> on that Alabama team. There is. He's not there. 
the same. I heard it all off season. Oh, it's always been next man up. Or it might have been, but there's not a Bryce Young on that team. Bryce bailed them out time after time last year at quarterback. Will Anderson, when you needed a player as a pass rusher, he got it for you. And Brian Branch, I thought, was the unsung hero for them, just like Makai is for LSU. Brian was for Alabama in that nickel position where, you know, he was playing nickel corner, he was playing safety, he was the last line of defense. But he was the chirper. He was the interpreter. How many times have you ever seen an Alabama team get hit on for long passes like they did against Texas? They got guys looking at one another like, well, I thought you were supposed to get him. Was it me? Uh, That's where Brian Branch, and in the past we saw who did it too. Um, It was uh, Fitzpatrick. He he was great with that, getting people in the right spots. He was sort of the coach on the field for Nick Saban on defense. So I agree with you in many ways. Uh, They got really talented people there. But there are still some flaws on this team. And the question marks going into the season are still there today. Can you play better up front along the offensive line? What type of consistency will you have at quarterback? Um, I thought the thing that really stuck out for me was on obvious passing situations. You got a lot of whiffs from your running backs and tight ends. That's a great point. And protection. I mean, I mean total whiffs. Uh, total whiffs. Well, and, Nick doesn't have near the staff that he had for that eight- or nine-year run, and it just is what it is. And yeah. uh, so. and everything changes, and sometimes dramatically in college football, okay? And while Alabama is still a good football team, mm-hmm. I think overall the SEC is down this year with one exception, and that's Georgia. And they loaded. Now, we didn't know about the quarterback. But I think we're getting to see more and more. But they, the schedule gives him an opportunity to grow with the You team. just nailed it. He doesn't have to play a tough game for eight Not weeks. Until Tennessee. Not until Tennessee. Now, they have become the X factor. Okay, because we've seen kind of bits and pieces of Tennessee. Uh, but it, it, you can make a pretty strong argument today, can't you? That Tennessee is the second best team in the SEC. Mm, who, who else would you put in that two spot? Well, if Bama does what they're what they should do, I'm putting Bama there. But I understand what Heupel looks to be operating at another level in that staff, that coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, he hits you with the offensive tsunami, no doubt. Okay, you know that that's his deal, and. He has always sort of reminded me a lot of Lincoln Riley and his approach to the game of football in that I'm going to swing and try to knock you out early. And then, you know, then I can do some things defensively because he doesn't have all the personnel I think he would really want on defense. But if I can kind of knock you around and get you dizzy, then I can do some things defensively to scheme up against you. And um, I, Tennessee's hitting you a bunch of different ways, and they jump all over you. And so now you are forced to abandon 
to a certain extent the running game or get away from it quickly to throw the football. And then I can scheme up against you that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a better stab defensively than, than Lincoln does. Uh, but because as far as Grinch, I, you know, how he still has a job at USC is amazing to me. Uh, after, you know, with all the talent they have in the California area and your defense plays this bad week in, week out. But Tennessee, I think, is the sleeping giant. And we've said that for years, that they've got pieces there, and I think they got the right coach. I think Josh, with his mentality, his ability to jump on you early, set the pace, and like Lane Kiffin, what is not talked about is he runs the football a lot. There is some physicality to his game on offense mm-hmm. and his ability to run the football. So he keeps you on your heels. So you like, you know, a cat underneath a rocker with the tail. Every time you go down, he pulls that tail back, and then, you know, he hits you a lot of different ways, and he catches you. He catches you a lot of ways. So uh, I like what I've seen from Tennessee early on and to see how well that defense will grow throughout the year will be an interesting development in the SEC because if anybody can derail Georgia, it would be Tennessee. But, again, Georgia has not finished in the top two or three in recruiting uh, just by happenstance the right. last three or four years. Right. I mean, they, they got, uh, to use that term, they got dudes on that team too now, and we just don't know about, in critical times, can he make a play? Stetson Bennett, I'll, I'll give him this, that when you think about the games he was at Georgia, other than the SEC championship game against Alabama, when the moment got hot, he played good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes quarterbacks kind of melt in that moment. They, they really do. And Stetson was a guy – Hey, bring it on. I'll show you just how good I am. Yeah, he's a gamer. And he did. Every time but once. And that was against Alabama in the SEC championship game. Other than that, he played big when the moment was big. And now it's going to be Joe Milton's time to show can he do that. Uh, Mike, I got 30 seconds. to Tennessee blow out Florida this weekend? Yeah. I think they do. Man, Florida's lack of physicality up front. You saw it against Utah. Utah pushed them around. And Utah was playing without three starters along the offensive line, without their starting quarterback, and they had two starting linebackers that were missing. And they still, they manhandled Florida in that game. So, yeah, I think Tennessee takes care of business against Florida. We'll leave it there. Mike D., LSU insider on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Thanks, Mike D. Thank you, brother. And a happy birthday week to my man, Mike D, at Mike Dettelier on Twitter. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. Ag Up Equipment and agup.com. Find the nearest retail location. Nearest you at agup.com. And then go find your John Deere tractor to manage your farm, family, land, or hunting camp. Agup.com. Ag Up Equipment, John Deere, America's Tractor.